Hi, I'm Kimberly McKay with A Novel Thought. Today, my guest is Donna Lane, a fantasy and award-winning author of 12 books. A couple that I've read are the interview and the first in the Skylight series, but she's got a host of others. Donna is also a professor of counseling and a Christian counselor, not to mention she's just a really nice person. Donna, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Hey, I wanted to touch on one of your books I recently read, The Interview. The daunting cover first caught my eye. I just thought it was like really cool. The perspective of the girl on the front and everything dark around her. Then once I read the synopsis, I was really intrigued. And it sat on the back burner for a little bit. And then finally, I reminded myself to go purchase it. Um, It's got such a dark premise, but it's got promise, that underlying message of faith, God's love and Christ's undying efforts to reach us. Tell me what inspired the book, and do most people get that underlying subtext? Well, the inspiration for the book came out of C.S. Lewis's work, The Screwtape Letters. Mm -hmm. Um, And The Screwtape Letters is generally considered to be rather satirical. It has an edge to it. But the thing that really stood out to me about The Screwtape Letters is how it reveals the tactics of the enemy and how we are deceived and fall into those tactics, and the power of God's love and the presence of Christ to overcome those tactics and bring us back into the light. And so I thought it would be uh, interesting to try to write a story that brought that same idea into the present day, seeing it through the lens of contemporary eyes. Being a counselor, I, of course, um, I work a lot with trauma, and I hear a lot of stories of people who go through terrible experiences in their lives in childhood and adulthood, and some of the ways that the enemy uses those experiences in our lives against us, accusing us that we're at fault and we're to blame about some abuse that someone did toward us, right. telling us lies about ourselves, like we're worthless and we don't matter. Yeah. And so I tried to create a character that had gone through those similar types of experiences and have her have an encounter with uh, a character that represents the enemy. That's why I really related to it. I am a survivor and you know I was date raped at the age of 15 and thank the good Lord I wasn't, but You know, you always go through that. It was my fault. It was my fault. It was my fault. What if I'd done this? What if I'd done this differently? Like, I'm in control of anything as a 15-year-old girl, right? Right, right. And I went through counseling, thank the good Lord, which inspired my first book, by the way. But the book that I read of yours, the main female character who's struggling to go back and forth with the control of the situation, knowing that she has no control, she kind of gets a feeling that maybe she has control, struggling to get it back. Having that peace whenever she was away from who I call the deceiver mm-hmm. out of the interview. And that's kind of the gist I got from it was it just was very, what's the word I'm looking for? Cathartic. And I almost wonder if it was cathartic for you to write it as well. It was. I'm also a survivor. And uh, it was very cathartic for me to get to the end of the story. That's yeah. where I really felt the, the power. And that's what I also wanted to convey is what I said before about the power of God to overcome the deceptions of the enemy and how his love reaches past all of that dark deception. Amen. And so that's what was most cathartic for me is writing that part of the story was actually based on my own experience. We all put some of ourselves in our books, but I love that you opened up to me about that. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. 
So you mentioned C.S. Lewis, and I know your writing's been compared to him, which I can see after um, reading the first of the Skylight series. But those are really big shoes to fill. So talk to me about some of your favorites of his. Obviously, the Screw Tape Letters is one, and how he's right. inspired your writing. Well, I love The Great Divorce. Um, again, that allegory uh, really speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much everybody loves Narnia. So, of course, yeah. I love The love Chronicles Narnia. of Narnia and the uh, Space Trilogy. Those three books also directly inspired the Skylight Falls, Skylight Rises, and Skylight Ends, the Whisperer series. You know, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't read that series of his. It's really interesting. It's it, You just have to read it. It's even hard to describe, but I would recommend it. It's worth reading. Okay. I also love A Grief Observed, and that's part of my story as well, is my youngest son had a chronic neurological disorder that uh, he experienced his whole life, and it deteriorated over the 17 years he was alive. And so he passed away, um, which directly had an impact on my life in many ways, obviously, but my writing as well. Mm-hmm. And his story of his relationship with Jesus is something that I weave into every one of my books, not directly about him, but how he connected to Jesus. He had the kind of relationship where he could connect with him constantly. He said his very first memory was riding his big wheel down the sidewalk and Jesus running next to him to help him ride the big wheel. Everything he did, he did with God's help and in his mind and in his expression of how he lived his life, he felt like he could do anything, even though he was disabled mm-hmm. uh, and spent at least a part of his life in a wheelchair. But he kept on saying he was just going to do whatever. He really believed that he could because I can do all things through Christ. And yeah. he believed that. Wow. What a powerful story. I'm so sorry for your loss, but I'm, I did Thank not you. know that about you. Mm-hmm. He died in 2007. I'm so sorry. And in some days or in some ways, that might just feel like yesterday. Oh, sure. There there are days where it seems like it just happened. And then there are other days when I can feel the peace of Christ heal me, soothe me, and, and help me walk through it. Wow. Cody had uh, that kind of relationship I told you about where he talked to Jesus all the time. And one of the things he told us that Jesus said to him was to tell us it's only an interim. And so we asked him to explain that. And he said, well, either way, either you go before me and I have to wait an interim or I go before you and you have to wait an interim. But either way, it's only an interim and we will be together again before you know it. Wow. So that brings me a lot of comfort. That brings me well. a lot of tears, but it brings me a lot of comfort. Wow. Mm. That's powerful. Thank you for saying that. He sounds like one in a million. They broke the mold when they made Cody, when God made Cody. Yeah, I think so. Whew. Okay. I'm glad I brought tissues. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a photo of your daughter reading to your grandson, correct? Um, it was my daughter reading to a friend's Okay. Well, he looked like he belonged in your family. So I just assumed. (laughs) He's a cutie. (laughs) He's adorable. I was going to ask you, she's reading your husband's book to your your friend's son. So how is it being married to another writer? And who was published first? I was published first. And we do a lot of work with each other Mm -hmm. um, and have written a few books with each other as well. So it's actually great. We enjoy working together. We work very well together. That's awesome. He's also a counselor. So most people think, well, you know, that's strange. Do y'all ever have any normal conversations in your house? Or are you always analyzing everything? 
said, well, you'd have to ask my kids. They would say, <laughs> oh, my gosh, would it just, just punish me. Don't analyze me anymore. Just punish me. That's hilarious. That's and you have yeah. how many kids? Uh, we had Cody? three, including Cody. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as a writer, we find inspirations in all kinds of places. How has 2020 provided some inspiration or given, has it given you time to pause and reflect, giving you time, what I call to simmer? It's really given me a lot more time to write, Good, uh, which has been very nice. Uh, And of course, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy in terms of what's gone on in the world uh, for this disease. But for me, it's provided the opportunity to work from home, which usually I see my clients in an office. And so I get to see them online. It saves driving time. I don't have to drive to the university anymore, which is a 30-minute drive. So I have this extra time to do writing, which has been great. Do you think our society is going to be going more remote when this thing, finally, when when we get a vaccine? Do you see it going back the way it was, or do you see it kind of balancing out and giving us more time at home? I think it's going to force things to balance out more. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it'll stay like it is now with the majority of people working from home. But I do think it's going to be a lot more flexible because people are seeing that it actually works. You can actually get it done. Well, and we're Um, more motivated. I mean, when we're happy because we have balance in our life, we're getting more done because we're not so fried. Right. I know my son teaches at a Christian school, and he says that the Christian school is already saying that even when COVID is over, they're going to allow students to choose to be remote or come in. That's awesome. Yep. Well, and for some kids, I need that in-class structure, but others, especially mm-hmm. for the, some that are immune compromised or maybe just have social anxiety, they may need right. a little bit of a different construct. So that, that's kind of cool that they're going to offer that. Right. Who are some of your favorite writers and what are obviously C.S. Lewis, but outside C.S. Lewis, who are some of your favorite writers and what are some of your favorite books from classics on up to current times? Well, I love Tolkien and I'm just amazed and constantly impressed with the detail in his world building, how he just creates such incredible detail. He's probably my favorite after C.S. Lewis. In terms of present day, uh, I have really enjoyed your books. I have really enjoyed Chloe Flanagan's books. Her books are very touching, um, particularly her most recent book that was talked about grief. Of course, that really touched me. Those are some of the current books that I really have enjoyed. I'm honored that you mentioned some of mine. Thank you so much for that. Mm-hmm. I do you... love them. Oh, awesome. Okay, I'm blushing. Um, if you could pair a romantic lead from one book with another from a completely unrelated book, who would it be and why? Hmm. I know that's a stumper, right? Let's see. Romantic lead. My favorite romantic lead is probably from the Outlander series. What's that guy's name? I can think of the name of the actor. Um... Jamie Fraser. That's it. So I would put Jamie Fraser with the girl Demelda from the Poldark books. Ooh, I haven't read the Poldark books. Now I'm going to have to go read those. Very interesting romance. What's the premise? Back in early England, the landowner, I mean, it's a complicated premise, but a, a landowner named Poldark is, comes back from fighting in the Revolutionary War He falls in love with a lady and they have a very tumultuous relationship. And he also has a former love that marries his best friend and, you know, on and on. Anyway, so there's all sorts of that intrigue kind of love triangle stuff. 
it's very interesting. But the series, the Poldark series, is also on PBS, and I really enjoyed that series as well. Okay, I'm taking notes. I, this is why I love talking to different authors, because we mm-hmm. all have, first, we all have different genres that we really are attracted to. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk to different people like you, and then Chrissy Dallas, I don't know if you heard her podcast or not, and one of the more recent ones, mm-hmm. I find all these little gems and I make little notes of authors and different stories. And I've had the best reading experience because of people <laughs> like you. <laughs> so thank you for that mm-hmm. question. What's your favorite point of view when it comes to reading? And is it the same for you when you write? Uh, typically, I like a third person point of view, mm-hmm. but I have written in both. Well, you read the interview, so you know the interview was in third and first. Then now I'm writing historical fiction in first person present tense, which has been a great, great challenge. I was going to ask you how challenging that would be. It's very challenging, but I'm really enjoying it. You know why I'm doing it is because somebody told me I couldn't. Oh, that's why. (laughs) Don't you love people like that? Yeah. Well, it's inspiring. That's what (laughs) I always say. (laughs) Those are really special people. Yeah. (laughs) So, but I've enjoyed doing it and it's working with the nature of the book. It's all told from the main character's point of view all the way through. That's really cool. Yeah. And so when do you expect to release this one? That one should be ready sometime early 2021, like March, maybe. Awesome. So you and I will probably be releasing a book at the same time. Good. We should do a joint something on one of our Facebook groups. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love that. And so for any listeners out there, There are lots of Christian fiction pages out there, and Donna and I are part of one that's a Christian readers uh, forum where you can get on and interact with different authors as writers or readers and just learn more about our books. And that's how I met you, Donna. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because of that, people like Donna, um, we have a little network of writers that we use for feedback and sometimes beta reading or getting cover input or just premise input or asking about certain things when it comes to, hey, I don't know about this, but do you? And so Donna has been a really great partner of mine, which is why I wanted to have her on here because she has a lot to offer. And that leads to my next question. Donna, what advice would you give someone who's new and just starting out and doesn't know where to start? Well, the first thing I would suggest is start getting on groups where you can interact with other authors. I think that's a great way to meet people. And maybe through those connections, you could begin to develop relationships with people who could act as readers and partners with you. I've got a a readers group that we read each other's works beforehand and do editing for each other. It's great. My group is with Lisa Renee, and Naomi Craig, Sarah Beth Williams. Um, let me make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Tabitha, I think, is part of that one too, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tabitha Bolden. Mm-hmm. So those those folks have been wonderful. They've been very helpful to me. Um, we are actually meeting with each other Saturday morning to just do plot suggestions for each other. So you can get in with a group like that through making those connections, people uh, meet people that would be able to read your works. And of course, make sure that you set aside time for writing because life is busy and it's very easy for that to become kind of put aside and made like a a secondary thing. Mm -hmm. I set aside at least a day and a half every week that's concentrated writing. And I tell my husband to leave me alone and I go sit (laughs) by myself at my computer and I get in the zone and I just dive in and write as much as I can. Now, that's not the only times I write, but those times are set aside. So if I have a really busy week, 
I still make time for writing. I think that's important. Does he do that as yes, well? He, he goes, Donna, hey, he I need an hour and I want to dive in and start writing. Yeah, but he writes differently from how I write. I'm very focused and intense and he's very loose canon kind of thing. So he'll have an idea and he'll just kind of do the idea until he's tired of it and then go off and do something else. So he's a little more... Um, ADD than I am. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. So tell listeners how to find you on social media. And as far as all your books, tell me more about your books, all of them. Okay. Well, we've talked about the Whisperer series, which is a Christian fantasy allegory. And I call that uh, the Skylight series. I apologize. No, that's okay. That's fine. It's, it makes sense that you would call it that. I probably should have called it that. The, <laughs> the titles of the books are all, all start with Skylight. That's the three book series. And then the interview that we've talked about. Um, I also have nonfiction books. Seeking Treasures mm -hmm. is one, uh, which is about seeking the kingdom of God. Uh, Strength and Adversity, which I think is very applicable for these times, which is exactly what it sounds like it's about. It's about how to stand strong in adversity. Um, Wilderness Meditations, which is a devotional. Restored Christianity, which is the first book that I wrote. I wrote that with my son, Hayden. And we look at Christian doctrine from early church perspective, wow. trying to re restore beliefs back to the earliest recorded beliefs of the early church. My wow. son's historian, his master's is in ancient history with a focus on Rome. So he has a, a lot of information. He also took linguistics as a minor. And so he um, understands the different languages. And so he does the historical part and I do the application part. You've got some impressive kids. Uh, yeah, I think so. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> of course, I'm a little biased. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really great that they've got the relationship and the interests that they do. That's It's hard mm -hmm. to come by in today's society. What would you tell mothers um, especially Christian mothers, what the um, the secret sauce is in keeping your kids engaged in, in their faith. Oh, my goodness. There's, uh, boy, that's an hour conversation. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's all right. Well, the simplest answer I give you is teach them how to talk to Jesus and listen to Jesus when they're little. Every time we spend the night or have the grandkids spend the night, we sit down with them and say, okay, it, we start our day by doing a little Bible study, and then we're going to pray. And as soon as they finish praying, I say, now, everybody listen and tell me what Jesus says back to you. Aww. And this is just to get them used to the idea of he is present. We can talk to him. He talks to us. We can connect to him. He's real. Yeah. And having that as the norm. I did that with my kids. Now I'm doing it with my grandkids to give them that same kind of sense that's of the presence smart. of God. I admire that. Thank you for that advice. I know that's very helpful to some people out there. So what books of yours do you suggest someone reads first? If they like nonfiction, I would tell them to read Strength and Adversity just because of the times we're in. Mm -hmm. If they like fiction, I would tell them to start with probably the interview. Yeah, I would say the yeah. interview. It's a really good book, you guys. It hooks you from the first page. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Tell me about your awards that you've won. Okay. The interview but was a finalist in the American Fiction Award, and I did submit it to the organization, and you just send them two copies of the book or whatever their rules are. I think they require two copies of the book and fill out a little form and pay an entry fee. And then you either get to be a finalist or you don't. Then they pick a winner from the finalists. 
So and let's see, Skylight Falls and Skylight Rises both got third place at consecutive years at the Sela Awards. Wow. Um, Blue Ridge Mountain Christian Writers Group that does that particular award. And then Skylight Falls was also an American Fiction Award finalist. And then Seeking Treasures and Strength in Adversity both won second place at the Sela Awards on consecutive years. That speaks a lot about your writing, too, because I know a lot of people submit to those. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much. I was absolutely floored. I had no expectation of that happening at all. Well, it speaks to it speaks to your talent. You're a very prolific writer and a successful one. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Just know that I appreciate what you did for me last month was an ice storm in Oklahoma and we we do what's called Facebook launch parties and I couldn't do mine last month because I didn't have power and I had just enough on my phone to say hey guys I signed up for this time but I couldn't and Donna was like hey I'll do it for you send me all the pictures that you want put up I'll post for you and you post every 15 minutes in an hour period and it Mm -hmm. was such a joy to get on there when I finally had power and read the things that you put on there. For one, it humbled me, the kind words that you said, and it just touched my heart. You're just such a sweet lady. Well, thank you very much. I was glad to do it. Glad to do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Donna, is there anything else you want to say today before we sign off? No, you had asked me about how to get in touch with me online. And so I would share my webpage is drdlane.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-L-A-N-E.com. And then Facebook is dr-donna-e-lane, I think. But you can search for me. I'm not hard to find, I don't think. And then Instagram is Dr. D. Elaine and Twitter is Dr. D. Elaine. I'll make sure to put those links in the description as well. Okay. So that okay. people can click on those if they are interested, which I'm sure they will be. All right. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. This has been Kimberly McKay with A Novel Thought. Join us next week for another inspiring guest. Okay.